All right, I'm going to start this off with a warning to everybody. Not everybody, but a warning to my dispensational uh, critics, my my critics that uh, don't agree with the don't agree with me on on dispensationalism. You probably are not going to want to listen to this podcast. You probably are just going to want to turn away from this one. This one's probably going to be more uh, focused towards our our church family and kind of the um, series of uh, false teachings and false teachers and pointing all these things out and all these things that we've been discussing in our um, in our church family circle. Um, all the this is going to be more geared towards that. So. If you're a new listener, first-time listener, this might—I don't know—this might come off a little weird, but yeah, definitely. If you're, um, we're a ministry that puts out podcasts every single day. So if you are a new listener, we do just highly recommend overall that you listen to a few things to get a feel for what we do. Because again, since we put out so much on such a regular basis, um, it's kind of hard to fit a total picture history view of us and what we do and why we serve in this way into each and every podcast again because they come out every single day (laughs) all right so i gave a warning we're going to talk about bible prophecy a little bit here so i did give that warning so you just tune right on off if you don't want to (laughs) listen but we know either way we do appreciate um people with different views other than mine um this is just what i teach what i honestly believe and um we just want to make sure that you take these things that we're going to be talking about in consideration here as well uh pastor jd frog we talk about him all the time he is from a calvary chapel that is in kwananohi am i pronouncing that right probably not it's hawaiian so we don't know hawaii um, it's real close to actually where my brother lives. He lives over there in Hawaii. But anyway, he pastors a, a church over there. And honestly, he is one of my favorite teachers uh, that that's out there. He is He just has a really super unique story. He's actually Palestinian. And uh, he's got a super, super cool story about his, his testimony is just really awesome. And he's not your typical, I guess he is in the way of, of prophecy, but he's not what most people would think your typical Calvary Chapel type pastor would be mm-hmm. like. Um, but he, he's just an all-around great teacher. And I, we had want, he does a prophecy update every single week after his sermon. So it's not like these are things that he just focuses on this Bible product. No, that's not. He gives a full lesson and he is a, he is a book by book, verse by verse teacher. He is, he does a great job with that. Um, any, he, he does the, the last part of the sermons for anybody that wants to stay and listen. He does a weekly prophecy update where he takes just things that are going on in the news and he just, Kind of points those out how they could be, you know, how they relate to specific Bible prophecy. He's not when you say those things. He's not. Um, he's not like crazy, like Harold Camping, you know, type type guy. He's he actually warns of a lot of these types of things. So he he's what you would 
call probably your ideal premillennialist, but he's a little bit too uh, he's a little bit too God or country for me. But that's besides the point. But he he's not, you know, he he doesn't go crazy with it. He stays biblical, and he doesn't go anything outside of biblical or bring up any kind of crazy, you know, ideas into it. But anyway, we had been wanting to do uh, his prophecy updates. We had wanted to just kind of share them because I always feel like he, he just, he nails it every Sunday, and it's so good, and everybody should hear it. But I feel like he misses a couple things sometimes. Not that I'm any better than him in any way. It just provokes me to thought sometimes that I'm like, man, JD, you're really, really missing this point. Well, and that's why we'd so even right kicked on. around the idea of podcasting every Sunday evening after we watch his prophecy right. update to kind of discuss. And some, it. I mean, one of these weeks, if I would have watched this on Sunday, this would have been one that we would have gone right down yeah. and podcasted right after it. Cause, but we wanted to do that. And... I just so happened to sit down here in my office today and this came across my screen, JD's prophecy update. I was like, hmm, I didn't listen to it. I wonder what it yeah, what he had to say. Business. Sometimes they're sometimes I don't agree with him and sometimes just to be honest, they're just kind of you know, eh. um, but other times, man, he'll just he he just nails it and I love him to death. He's he's awesome. Um, and this is one of those those weeks that he nailed it, and he gets super super emotional in this. Uh, but it's it's funny because it's like he's been listening to our podcast or something, and listening to the things that we have been talking about, and the things that I particularly have been saying. Well, yeah, it makes um, you realize you're not crazy. Like, to, I mean, some people will make you feel like you're totally in left field to even say these things. So then to yeah. hear to hear somebody else saying it's stuff, refreshing. It's like, okay, thank you. The other part of that, too, is that we, yesterday we put out, or today it came out, this will be, you know, whatever, whenever this comes out. Tomorrow. Um, tomorrow. Yeah, we're a day ahead. Yeah, so yes, you we put out the podcast about which biblical Jesus do you follow. Which Jesus do you follow, and we biblical were, or Biblical, or, yeah, which biblical Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully there's only <laughs> one Ooh. biblical Jesus, yep, there is. I got what do I know? Ooh, good call. Good catch there, Heidi. <laughs> it happens. These are like those little slip-ups that you talk about that are like major. Well, but You're having conversations yeah, sometimes. But it's hard. Like, you know, in a conversation, you usually stop and you catch it. But here, since we're recording ourselves, then everybody's like, you slipped up. It's like, yes, sorry. All right. Back to JD here and in, in what he's doing. Um, we, you know, like I said, it's, it's like he'd been listening to our podcast and he said, oh, I was saying about how we put out the podcast about yep. which Jesus um, which, do you follow? Which Jesus do you follow? Do you follow follow this modern worldly Jesus or this this biblical Jesus? And this one of the points with this modern Jesus is this, you know, just this all the time feel good, you know, just tell me the you tickle my ears uh Jesus that that we want to hear. Um but you know, especially the the condition of where we are at, we don't have time really to be nice. So, like, we always liken it to a tra- you know an oncoming train. It's like yeah. if that train is about to hit you, are you gonna stop being like, 
Hey, sweetie, move. move. You might want to watch out. Hey, if you please feel watch like out. It. Please watch out. And or you know, is it going to start getting a little bit more like stern? Get like get out of the way now. This train is coming. Uh, you know that that's the point where we are, honestly, in the world today. And JD just absolutely nails it here in this prophecy update. So I'm going to shut up and. Uh, we'll go ahead and stop and talk about it. Um, he get like I said, he gets super emotional in in this. So it's an emotional topic, man. It, it really is, and his heart just bleeds out in this. So, you know, I think everybody will see why I wanted wanted to do this. Absolutely, yeah. I actually had a prophecy update all prepared for today, and yesterday I just I scrapped it. And I did that because I sensed that the Lord would have me to address a prophecy that's in the Bible concerning the condition of the church in the last days. I probably should preface this by just letting you know that it is probably going to be one of the hardest prophecy updates I've ever given. I'm sure you've heard of the well-known Christian leaders, famous Christian leaders. These are authors, worship leaders, who recently and very publicly have, in effect, renounced their faith. On Wednesday, the Washington Examiner published a well-written article by Jenna Ellis Rives titled, Famous Christian Departees Have Lost Their Sense of Truth. Listen to some of what she wrote. The evangelical world has been rocked with the recent news of several prominent Christians who are suddenly and very publicly abandoning their faith. Marty Sampson, a Christian music artist, wrote that he believes Christianity is, and I quote, just another religion. Weeks earlier, Joshua Harris, known for his books on dating and sexual purity, posted on Instagram that he had undergone a, quote, massive shift in regard to my faith. And he declared that he is no longer a Christian. She goes on to note the irony of all of this, saying, it's interesting that after renouncing their faith, each of these public declarations ends with a distinctly Christian ethic. Samson wrote, love and forgive? Absolutely. Be kind? Absolutely. Be generous and do good to others? Absolutely. Some things are good, no matter what you believe. 
Harris said he feels hopeful. How can we know what it means to love, forgive, do good, and what do we have hope in without a truthful standard and measurable definition? What? Well, I've appreciated the commentaries and the blogs and the posts on social media from well-respected Christian leaders that have taken and tackled this topic. As you might imagine, there's much in the way of discussion and speculation as to whether or not these famous Christians were ever true Christians to begin with. God knows the heart. We only look at the outward appearance. You have to understand that uh, these two individuals in particular, I, I'm not familiar with them. I've heard about them. I know one, I guess, was a very uh, well-known and famous uh, singer and worship leader. Uh, the other, a, a an author. And uh, these were very well-known people that are now saying that they don't know what to believe, and they really don't believe that Christianity is any different than any other religion. What if I told you that this is just the beginning, and it's going to get worse? What if I told you that we're told, it's prophesied in the Word of God that this is exactly what's going to happen at the time of the end. Not only are we told that this will happen, we're also told why this will happen. And that's what I want to spend the remainder of our prophecy update talking about today. I think it is the clarion call for the church today in these last days. If you'll kindly hear me out, I would like to invite you to join me in 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter. I want to read verses 1 through 4. The Apostle Paul is writing to this pastor. His name is Timothy. He's a pastor of a church. This is to the church, by the way. He says, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing, can't wait, and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. You want to know why? Verse 3 tells us why. For the time will come. The time is now. That time has come. 
The time has come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. They will not put up with the preaching of the word. They will not put up with a pastor who will teach the word of God, correct, rebuke, and encourage, and preach the word of God. They will put up with it. You know what they're going to do instead? To suit their own desires. I don't want to go to a church like that. They will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. I hope you know that I don't want to seem like I'm being harsh in any way. I just it's heartbreaking really. Because the church in America today has replaced the Word of God and prayer with that which suits their own desires. That's why you can go into a large church, I mean huge church, and you can sit in that church and you're not hearing the Bible taught. There's a difference between teaching the Word and talking about the Word. Oh, they'll hold it up. They'll refer to it. Do you know why these guys are renouncing their faith? You know why they're having doubts? You know why we're going to this curriculum that Chris shared about the answers in Genesis curriculum for our children's ministry? It's because kids, these young children, when they get into college certainly, but even as Chris mentioned earlier, And the teacher starts talking about the earth being millions of years old. And that poor kid doesn't know why he believes or why she believes what they believe. My son, Levi, he's uh, in his second year now in college told me that his, uh, this was last year's first day at class, the professor made it very clear where he stood concerning Christianity. I think it's uh, heartbreaking because It's not just our children, but 
It's us too. I made the comment, I think it was on Thursday night. I, I really don't know how we're going to be able to make it in the days ahead without the Word of God and prayer. You know, it's, it's, um, it's not if, it's when. When life happens, when adversity strikes, when that diagnosis comes in, you had better be grounded in the Word of God or you're not going to make it. The house is going to come crashing down because it was not built on the foundation of God's Word. These pastors are going to have to give an account one day when they're standing before God. There are people in their church that are going through unthinkable trials and painful difficulties. And the last thing they need is a three-point sermon and the conclusion. You got people in the church, their, their kid just killed himself. You want to have a three-point sermon and a conclusion? You want to bring somebody up here that's cool? You want to be hip? I'm sorry. I have to ask the Lord and before the Lord myself. God, please. I mean, I know what some of you are going through in your lives. We just had a, a brother here. He lives in Arizona. He works here and shared at our prayer meeting this morning. Six-year-old son, brain tumor, autism, removed 90% of it. We're praying for him. Six-year-old son. When our daughter Noelle died, let me tell you something. Had it not been for my wife and I being grounded in the Word of God, we would have never made it through that. We'd have never made it through that. The Word of God in prayer, it's so simple. The Word of God in prayer. You know, I listen to other preachers. I And I, and I hear most of them online. I hear them talk about how difficult it is to get people to come to a prayer meeting in their church. I think, why, why, why would it be so hard to have people come to a prayer meeting? I better move on here. In Luke's Gospel, the 18th chapter, Jesus teaches his disciples a parable. And the point of the parable is to show them that they should always pray and not give up. It's affectionately known as the parable of the persistent widow. And she finally receives the justice she was due because she just would not give up. And you know what's stunning? 
is what Jesus says after teaching this parable in verse 8. He says, I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly, speaking of the ultimate judge, God. And then he says this, however, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? You know what the ultimate expression of faith is? Prayer. You know that it's impossible to please God without faith? It is so pleasing to God. When we pray, it is so pleasing to God that He takes our prayers and He puts them in a bowl before the throne. And they're fragrant. <laughs> and He hears every one of them. And He hearkens unto the voice of the cry of His people. And we're not going to pray. We have a God that we have unfettered access to who says to us, I will give you anything you ask in my name if it brings glory to the Father. I will give it to you. Just ask. You have not because you ask not. You know, we have people ask us to pray for them. Their children are living a homosexual lifestyle. They're addicted to drugs. They're addicted to opioids. They're, they're homeless. They're on the streets. They're dying. We want to entertain in the church. In Revelation chapter 3, forgive the emotion, please. We have this letter. There's seven letters in Revelation chapters 2 and 3 to seven churches. These were actual churches. And in verses 7 through 13, we have this letter that was written that Jesus had John write to the church in Philadelphia. And in verse 8, he commends them. He says, I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Oh, please, Lord. When that trumpet sounds and we're caught up, the dead in Christ first, we who are alive. <laughs> I want it to be said of us, you didn't give up. You kept my word. Your pastor kept preaching the word. And by the way, maybe it goes without saying, but as long as I have breath, as God allows me, to my last day. I'm going to preach the word. I'm going to preach the word of God. How can you deny 
the word of God. How can you replace the word of God? In verse 10, he says, Since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come on the whole world to test the inhabitants of the earth. I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. This is the seven-year tribulation. Do you know what's coming? Do you know what's coming? Hold on. And then he says this at the end in verse 13. This is how he ends all of the letters. says, whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. I was sharing with the prayer meeting this morning, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2. James talks about don't just be hearer. I mean, this is rhetorical, right? Who, 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 he who has an ear. Well, I haven't. I have two. Let him hear. I got. Thank you, John. I got. Thank you very much. Be a hearer of the word. But why is it that? I mean, this is a worship leader. This says, I'm, I'm not a Christian anymore. <laughs> Was the worship leader in the service sitting under the teaching of God's word? He has an ear. He's not deaf. If he's a worship leader, he can't be deaf. So he had to be able to hear, right? Bear with me. I'm, right? He has to be able to hear. So what happened? One of two things. Either he wasn't hearing the word being preached... Or if he was hearing the word being preached, there was no effect because he's like James says, that man who looks at himself in the mirror and walks away and does nothing about it. The writer of Hebrews in chapter 4 verse 2 says, But the message they heard was of no value to them because those who heard it did not combine it with faith. Best illustration I ever heard was this. You've got hydrogen and oxygen. They have to be mixed to create water. The hearing of the word has to be mixed with faith in order for there to be anything. In other words, we have to be a doer of that which we have ears to hear. I'll say it again, and again, I appreciate your patience with me. I had no idea that I was going to get this emotional about it. You know, the writer of... Uh, 
Ecclesiastes, Solomon talks about, with much knowledge comes much sorrow. You know, sometimes I just think about, you know, you, as you see where the world's going and you see the struggles that people are having and you know what's coming. I mean, it is a very grievous thing. It's an anguish, really. But I have to say it again, and I. this is why when I mention when our next prayer meeting is, that I implore you to come to our prayer meeting. If there was ever a time to pray, it is now. I'm going to tell you, we have people that need prayer in this church. They need prayer. They need, you know, we, we just got done talking about marriage in Colossians, right? I can preach my heart out week in, week out, but sometimes it just requires that we cry out to God. Our only hope is just to cry out to the Lord. Prayer and fasting. Fasting. Humbling yourself before God. Oh God, I need thee. I need thee. Every hour I need thee. All right, I know that was that was a bit long. And I wanted to stop a couple times in there, but I was like, no, I can't. I mean, he, there's nothing more that I can add to that. And that's how you know it's powerful. Like, yeah. you can't even stop. And seriously, like, we're including the whole clip, but go to JD. We will link him down mm -hmm. in the description. Follow him on YouTube. Support his ministry. Pray for him. Because, I mean, every week. Yeah, he definitely, I was sitting over here, he definitely made me tear up when I was listening to him. Because he was like, man, especially when, you know, he brings up the point of Solomon writing in Ecclesiastes with the more knowledge and that couldn't be, I mean, that is so true. Yeah. Um, this is what, you know, it's funny because I find more joy in this than I ever have in my life. But at the same time, this is like one of the most depressing things yeah. to do. And it's consistently depressing, especially when you're dealing with with people all of the time and you see the real life problems and the real life things that people, you know, how people are feeling, how, what people are saying. Yeah. And you know, you, this is all, my life is dedicated to the word and to understanding and teaching and have not, not that it's any better than anybody else, but it's definitely not something that everybody does. It's something that I, everybody should do. Yeah. But it's not something that everybody does, and I don't think it's necessarily not everybody needs to be a theologian. But yeah, anyway, it's not a requirement. No, it's not. But it, it is seeing these things from that angle. Uh, yeah, it is. It's like man, it's it's hard to find a balance of not wanting to yell and scream at people and tell them you know all these horrible things. And then still being gentle. Yes, there's a train wreck that's added. Yeah, and, and still being and still still doing it gentle and still being productive and not being 
um, you know, to the point where we're moping around and not getting anything done. That's not, you know, that's not productive. So it, it's a difficult line, though. It just seems like the more, I think the more things, the more information you get, the more things you know, I think the more, <laughs> the definitely the more sorrows pour on. Um, and, it, and that's the way that it is when dealing with a lot of this stuff because you see a majority um, of professing believers that don't want, they either don't believe it, they don't want to believe it, they want to put it at the back burner. Um, you know, they don't, they just don't want to think about it. They just want to let it go and, and move on to something else. And right now, the way that we are experiencing things and the shift of just how these false teachings have just invaded everywhere that you look inside of professing Christianity. Absolutely. Um, it's serious, and you got to warn people, and it, it's difficult, but you have to. And I just, I thought he nailed it. He went the way that he went through uh, Revelation chapter 3, and Jesus speaking to the church there. I think that I thought he did a great job with that, and, you know, I think it's everything. Everything that he said, I think, should be should take note and adjust accordingly, honestly. It's not a time to be, you know, moping around or whatever, but it's a time to definitely to cry out to God and realize that we need him and realize how close he is to us as well. So I think, um, like I said, maybe, maybe next week, depending. Uh, I know sometimes J.D. doesn't have these. Prophecy updates every week. Sometimes he does other things. Um, it's not it's usually, usually every week unless he has something. Yeah, unless like he has he other has things. But I don't like as soon as I say that I'll do another one next week. Yeah, he's not gonna have it. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure you know. Um, usually when when he does these, he usually follows up with ones like these that are really really good. So we'll probably end up doing another one of these. But yeah, we definitely encourage everybody to go uh, check him out. He, he's an awesome teacher as well, and I think that everybody can benefit from his teachings. Absolutely, and he teaches through all the Bible, so it's not yep. just topics and themes, it's everything. So, Not much from us today, but we felt that was pretty important. Yeah, yeah, I just felt that, that um, like you said, I mean, I guess I was going to, I was going to go through it and talk about every point, but I have been... I've been hitting each and every one of these points that he's talking about, uh, especially, I mean, with Josh Harris, Marty Sampson, um, you know, these these things have hit all of this. So there's really not a whole lot, lot for me to add other than what J.D. already said. I mean, I do plan on doing a um, podcast of Can You Lose Your Salvation? Because that's a that's a common question that that I get all the time, and I mean I have a very uh, short you know the the short answer to that is no, um, and it's been it's a very controversial topic. I don't really understand why among Christianity it's there is a legitimate argument to it though, um, because the legitimate argument says that. You become you can become a lazy Christian and fall away, and you know that's 
that's always something to take note of because uh, we, no matter what, we are definitely not called to be lazy Christians. Yeah, faith without um, work is... Yeah, that. And then, I mean, Paul is very specific in in Corinthians about... Um, uh, or not Corinthians, I'm sorry, but uh, Thessalonians about um, working. So I think he is in Corinthians too, but in definitely working and not just... Uh, being lazy and not doing anything that's that's nowhere biblical so anyway i hope everybody enjoyed it and we will be back